I am a music fan. I am a nature fan. I am a neighbours fan. Don't judge me. I am overly cautious. I am a dedicated friend. I'm Batman. I am a lover of diversity. I am a little bit strange. I am the true vine. I am a leader of men. I am a follower. I'm okay with that. I am able to be so much more than I am. I sometimes feel like a piece of driftwood. Like I'm not connected. I don't achieve anything. I want my life to have purpose. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A branch by itself cannot bear fruit. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the true vine. Well, we're in the last week of our, our seven-week I Am series uh, from the book of John. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. And then last week, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Today, Jesus says, I am the true vine. And so it's in John 15, 1. And we're, we're going to talk about fruit today and producing fruit, uh, spiritual fruit through Jesus. But uh, I want to give you a heads up on where I, I think I sh- our main takeaway should be uh, from this, this whole series, not sh- just today, uh, kind of the big idea for the I Am series. If we truly believe the I Am claims of Jesus, it should change everything. Okay? If we hear these things, we believe them. Our lives should be changed. Um, there's a, they're not little cute sayings. They're, they aren't just catchy phrases. These are enormous claims about Jesus, that Jesus made about who he is and what he can do for us. And, and uh, if Jesus was really God, and if we really do come to God through Jesus, uh, if he really is our gate, then we need to truly follow him, right? He, he needs to truly be our shepherd. And so the big idea, once again, if we truly believe the I am claims of Jesus, it should change everything. And, that, and that's what today's passage, I think, really is all, all about. Uh, Jesus uses the illustration of the grapevine to talk about producing fruit. And so since we're talking about fruit, just for fun, let's talk about our favorite fruits for a minute before we get into this. Okay, we're going to vote on our favorite fruits. And so let me list several, and then we'll have a, a, an, another category too, because somebody will probably have kumquat or something that's their favorite. So, okay, so uh, strawberries, cherries, apples, bananas, mangoes, grapes, raspberries, peaches, there's a lot. Apricots, pineapples, pears, and then the other category. And by the way, notice I said apricot. Okay, it's not apricot. Okay, some of you are confused on that, right? Do you say apples or aples? There we go. All right. So, (laughs) apricot. All right. Um, So, okay, we're going to vote here. How about anybody's favorite strawberries? Raise your hand if it's, okay, got a few strawberries. Uh, cherries, okay, about the same. Apples, oh, I think maybe apples is ahead right now. Bananas, you can't vote every time. <laughs> mangoes, anybody? F- oh, lots of mangoes. Ho- Holly would be with you on that. I think that's one of my favorites too. Uh, grapes, any favorite grapes? Okay, 
Raspberries, anybody? Okay, a few. Uh, peaches. Okay, that was close. I think that's second, maybe. Um, apricots. Okay, a few. I, especially dried apricots. Oh, man, those are so good. Uh, pineapple. Okay, a few pineapples. Uh, pe- pears. Probably not. Oh, wow, we got one pears. That's good. Um, and then any others? A watermelon. Yeah, that's a good one. That's so weird. Why would you? No. Huh? Oranges. Oh, yeah. I have that up there. Keegan? Kiwi. Okay, yeah, kiwi. Jamie? Fruit salad. There you go. <laughs> Just throw them all in. That's what we have here. That's good. All right. So which one did I say was the most? No, it was mangoes. Yes, so mangoes is the, is the winner. I would say... I could do apples if it's in a pie, <laughs> right? And, um, and I also apples are good for juggling, right? Think I can do it? <laughs> Anybody else a juggler? We'll give you a chance to show your skills if you want to come up here. Somebody might be do the round the back thing or something. Yeah, so. Okay. So that's just for fun. Um, If you remember when we left off last week in chapter 14, Jesus and the disciples, they were in the upper room. And he was teaching them and encouraging them and preparing them for his departure. Uh, Today's statement. It comes after they they left the upper room, and they were on their way uh, to the Mount of Olives uh, to pray, and it's where Jesus would be arrested. Along the way, they no doubt would have passed some ancient vineyards, and uh, as Jesus often did, he he would give illustrations or parables that had to do with the the surroundings. And so so Jesus is encouraging his disciples through this statement that he's going to give to produce fruit. Um, but he's going to give them some instructions on how to do that uh, along the way too. So let's read our passage, and then we're going to break it down a little bit. Um, I love this passage. We're in John chapter 15 today, and it's verses 1 through 17. I think it should be a a challenging uh, and convicting passage for us as well. And So I just pray that you'll just let God speak to you through this this morning. So let's start in verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Like I said, I think it's a really neat passage, and you can just see uh, Jesus just pouring his heart out to his disciples, how much he, he loves them and he, he cares about them. Um, and he's basically saying, you guys, if, if you follow me, if you remain in me, good stuff is going to happen. And, and if you don't follow me, uh, to be honest, you're, you're not much value to the kingdom. And so he doesn't beat around the bush. And this vine imagery was often used throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, too, that was used several times, um, oftentimes referring to Israel. Uh, in Isaiah 5, verse 7, it says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. Here's another comparison in Jeremiah 2, 21. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn me against me in a, into a corrupt wild vine? So the, the Jews would have been familiar with this kind of analogy. Uh, each time it had kind of a, a unique meaning as to how it was applying. But in this passage, Jesus is really going to, to develop it. And, and I think when Jesus says, I'm the true vine, one of the things... We're going to talk about several things, but one of the things is he, he's saying is that I, I am the true Israel. Uh, I represent God to the world, and therefore those who follow me will be far uh, <laughs> will be <laughs> will be part of who God is, and and so um, this is a, another big claim. He's saying I, I represent God to the world, and and so let, let's start by by talking about the great plant. It says you have the vine, first of all, okay, in, in a great plant. You have uh, uh, the branches. And then there's a gardener, uh, or sometimes it's called a vine dresser, and, and, and he takes care of the vineyard. And so in this illustration, Jesus said that God is the gardener, okay, or, or the vine dresser. Uh, Jesus is the vine, and his followers are the branches that produce the fruit. And, and that's how God does it, okay? He uses people to produce fruit. And it's really cool when you think about it. So in an actual vineyard, if you, if you just leave the vines alone and don't do anything with them and don't trim them back, the leaves are going to start to grow, right? And, and the leaves might look pretty and, and, and uh, you know, they look like, oh, those are healthy plants, but you get too many leaves and they will shade the grapes. They won't get the sun they need and, and the nutrients are just going into the leaves. And so it, it's very important to keep trimming and, and pruning back uh, the, the grape plant. And, you know, at times it looks pretty ugly when you do that, doesn't it? You think, oh, man, I just killed that thing. Um, but... If, if you do that, you're going to end up with beautiful grapes. 
And, you know, there's a lot of plants like that. Uh, just this week, I trimmed some bushes up in front of our house, and they produce pretty flowers all summer, but they had gotten pretty tall and kind of out of control. And so, I, you know, I cut them clear back, um, probably three-fourths of the plant I cut off. And uh, n- next spring, uh, they'll start growing back, and they'll produce flowers again. And, and it's just kind of a, a neat way that that works. Um, and I think it's neat that Jesus is tying this in. So um, we also need to keep in mind that the vine is the part of the plant that comes from the earth through the roots. Okay, and so that's a key thing. It's roots that help provide the, the water and the nutrition for the plant. And, and if you don't have good roots, you're not going to have a good plant. And so overall, the, the true life of the vine, it comes from that, that vine stem and the roots, um, not from the branches. Okay, the branches, they are dependent on the vine and, and the roots. They cannot grow or, or thrive on their own without a healthy healthy vine and healthy, healthy roots. So um, they, a real plant, it, it looks bad for a while, like it goes dormant in the winter, right? And you think, oh, is it, is it going to come back? And then, then it does in the spring. So let's break this down on a spiritual level. Um, first of all, the, the vine, uh, this is what Jesus said, he's the true vine. Um, he, he makes it clear that he's the vine. Uh, Jesus is the part that we draw our spiritual nourishment from. Okay, And he's telling his disciples as he pre- pre- prepares to leave them that, that he is the source of nourishment. Okay, that They can't do it on their own. Uh, they can try to do it on their own, and it might work for a while, but o- over time it's just not going to work, right? And, and so Jesus is saying, this is what you got to do. Um, once again, he used that word true in there, and I already talked about the fact that Jesus was the, the true Israel, um, but I also think that Jesus knew that there are a lot of things that will try to draw people away from him. Um, they could be called false vines. Uh, when you have a garden, there's always a, a competition, okay? There's a competition between what? Weeds and the real plant, right? If, if you grow stuff, you know that. Um, and the weeds will win if you just let it go, right? Did anybody kind of lose a garden to weeds this summer? Yeah, it, it, it's easy for that to happen, right? And you start off, you think, okay, I'm going to keep up with this summer. It's going to look so good. And it starts, yeah getting hot and weeds start growing and and just takes over um i i think i told this story one other time but when i was younger i would walk beans for my uncle and i had three cousins and we would all go out there together and some weeds were easier to pull like button weeds they grow up but they don't have much roots you just pull those out uh the worst i think were cockleburr plants and uh, those things if you let them get very tall, their roots, they go down deep, and you cannot get those things out. And so one time my cousin Matt and I, we were, we were pulling on a plant together, this cockleburr, to try to get it out, and we were yanking, and all of a sudden it gave way, and we went flying uh, several, uh, you know, I think we smashed several rows of beans, so we probably did more harm than good, but we got that cockleburr plant. So, um, but there, yeah, there's this competition that's trying to compete Um, and and it's the same spiritually Uh, the world and and different things are trying to to pull us away from god Um, you know there 
there's a lot of things. Um, there might be other religions. Um, but I think in the Bible Belt, it tends to be things that, that become more important to us than our relationship with God. Um, people say, well, yeah, I believe in God, but, but not enough to truly change their lives. Um, but let me go back to the, the big, big idea for the series again. If we truly believe the I Am claims of Jesus, it should change everything. And we have to remember that because Jesus is the true vine. So let's talk about the branches a little bit. Uh, true followers of Jesus, as he said, they stay connected to the vine. Jesus tells his disciples that they're like the branches, that they're dependent on him for life and growth. And uh, no less than seven times in this passage does Jesus say, uh, you need to remain in me. Or some versions, it's abide in me. And usually he speaks of this as just, it's a fact, a reality. That's just the way, if you're going to do what you need to do, that, that's what it needs to happen. It's just a way of life. And it's the same way for us today. We, we are branches, but we, we need to make sure that we are connecting to our main source of nourishment. And that the vine offers. We need to make sure that we're staying close to the vine. There was an old evangelical commentator named J.C. Ryle, and, and he summarized what Christ was saying in these passages with uh, these words. And I think it's just really good stuff, so it's on your screen. To abide in me means to cling to me. Stick fast to me. Live your life close to me. Get nearer and nearer to me. Roll every burden onto me. Cast your whole weight on me. Never let go of your hold of me for a moment. That's, I think it's good words, good things to, to think about. It, you know, that's what Jesus is saying. That's the summary. We need to stay close to Jesus. Okay, you guys know my dogs, Snow and Shadow. And they've been around here for a long time now. Snow right after the tornado and Shadow a few years later. And snow, um, you know, was, it's probably about three years we had snow before we got shadow, but shadow showed up on the scene, and uh, wherever snow would go, shadow would be right behind snow. And, and it still, to some extent, happens, but at first it was, I mean, there was, I mean, snow could go over there, shadow's going over there, wherever snow went, you know, usually over here during the day. And so that's why we named Shadow, Shadow, because wherever snow went, uh, Shadow went as well. And, and so I was thinking about that and what Jesus was talking about. He's saying, stay close to me and, and you're going to be okay. Okay? If, if, we, if Jesus is over here and we're clear over there, it's going to be hard to, to draw on and abide in the strength of Jesus. Um. Jesus was leaving his disciples physically, but, but he would still be with them if they stayed connected to him. But here's a hard one. The next one is all, all branches need to be pruned. Okay, we, we, we talked about this a little bit, but in order for the great plant to be its very best, it needs to be trimmed back. And Jesus isn't messing around here. Okay, he doesn't give us just fluffy stuff. He says that, you know, dead branches... They get cut away. They're not useful to producing grapes anymore. He says they're thrown into the fire. Well, we don't like to hear those kind of words, do we? Uh, and I think it's hard to hear because, uh, you know, that we think about that. Well, what's he talking about? He's comparing that to 
people spiritually. Um, and he's saying, you know, the, those who are dead spiritually are those who don't truly live the, the life that the vine provides. They do not grow. They do not produce fruit. They're spiritually dead. And Jesus said, you know what? You don't get to be a part of the vineyard. But even the good branches, they have to go through pruning. And, and I think that means all of us. Okay, so don't check out and say, yeah, some people need that. Okay? Yes, Dan. Are you with me? Some of you are like, you're, you're all over today. So I, this is important stuff. This is important. You know, sometimes we need to cut away the things in our lives. And, and it's, maybe it's old sinful habits. Habits. We need to cut those away. Bad relationships. Sometimes we need to trim them away. Or things that are holding us back from God, we need to cut them away. Or if it's apathy towards God, we need to cut that off and say, no, I need to care. Pride. Cut it away. This attitude that, you know what, I've reached it. I kind of know everything already. I know what I need to know. I'm good. Cut that away because that's not true. But here's the exciting part. When we cut away that stuff, good stuff comes. Good stuff's ready to grow because healthy branches produce fruit. Jesus reminds his disciples that the fruit is going to come if they remain in him. Once again, verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Not just fruit. But what kind of fruit? Much fruit. And, and it wouldn't be easy for the guy, these guys. They, they are going to go on and do great things. But they would be persecuted. They would be killed. Um, all kinds of things would happen. But here we are 2,000 years later. And, and if we could trace our spiritual family roots, and a lot of you like to kind of do genealogy, genealogical you know, records of where you're, your history comes from. If we could trace our spiritual roots, most of us would go back to these disciples. Um, but what is this fruit? A lot of times we talk about, okay, produce fruit. What is he, what's he talking about? We, we seem to want to kind of define exactly what this fruit is so I know if I'm producing it or not. Um, but to, to be honest, he doesn't say exactly what the fruit is. And, and so I, I think we need to be a little cautious in making for sure statements on this, but something Jesus is speaking about evangelism. You know, spiritually healthy Christians who abide in Christ will be good evangelists, harvesting much fruit through spreading the message of Jesus. Um, others believe Jesus is talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some think that. Um, others Note that in verse 7, Jesus promises that those who abide in him will have their prayers answered. And so they believe that the um, answer prayer is fruit. Others believe that the fruit comes from maybe the good things that they do uh, in the name of Christ. Things like feeding the hungry or standing up for justice or, or uh, giving a drink of water to the thirsty. And, and the, the fruit comes through lives that have been helped. What do I think about the fruit? I would say yes <laughs> to all those. The, those are all kinds of fruit. Uh, and I suspect it's these things and much more. But Jesus is simply saying that Christians who find their fruit, 
or find their life in the vine, they, they act like healthy, vital branches. And, and the natural result of that is going to be fruit. And so it's a, a natural byproduct of being connected to the vine. And, and so just like there's many kinds of fruit in this, this fruit bowl here, there, there's lots of different kinds of fruit that we can produce. And so maybe, uh, it's just me, but I wouldn't worry if, about defining that it has to be this kind of fruit that I'm producing. Um, I, I'd say we need to worry about staying connected to the vine and abiding in the vine, and then just naturally fruit's going to come out of that. Does that make sense? Um, Jesus will take care of the fruit part. Because remember, our big idea for today, if we truly believe the I am claims of Jesus, it should change everything. One final area I want to touch on as we talk about the, the vine and its branches, and that is that the vine and its branches make up the Christian community. Okay, thinking of ourselves as, as branches united in Christ, I think it, it reminds us that the Christian life is not meant to be a solitary journey. Okay, we, we, have, we have communal imagery here. That's what Jesus is talking about. Each of us is, is a branch, but none of us are trying to exist on our own. It's just not a branch over here, a branch over there. Um, you know, when you have healthy plants, you don't just see one branch sticking out that's healthy, right? There's lots of them. And if there is just one, then that's probably going to eventually die. So healthy plants that have been pruned, they grow beautifully together, right? And, and that's the same in the church. The branches, they do best when they're growing together. So many Christians, they try to grow on their own, and it just doesn't work over time. You know, we need to be connected through, through serving together and, and studying together and, and worshiping together and, and praying together and, and just being Christ's body together the vine and branches they make up this beautiful christian community and then jesus just gives his disciples one more command connected to this vine passage right at the end and, and he simply says three words love each other just just love each other you know if, if you guys remember these words love each other you, you're going to go so far in, in a, the church today, if we remember, first of all, to love each other within the church, and then we carry those words out to the community and say, we just want to love each other, it's going to make a, a huge difference. This is all going to come together. You can summarize all this in three words, love each other, and good things are going to happen if we do that. So the big idea once more. And I'd say just please take this with you and, and pray about it this week. Don't just dump it out as soon as you walk out the door. If we truly believe the I am claims of Jesus, it should change everything. Has Jesus changed you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus and his, his words. But it wasn't just words. He lived it out in, as an example to his disciples and then in turn as an example to us. 
as we see so many years later. Um, Lord, I pray that each one of us will realize how important it is to stay connected to the vine of Jesus. And if we have kind of strayed from that, if we've kind of gone out on our own or lost that, that excitement, and we're dealing with maybe some apathy or pride or whatever it might be, I just pray that we can cut that away, Lord, and just let you work on us. And help us grow. Help us to do the hard things, that have the hard things trimmed away so we can see the beautiful things and the beautiful fruit. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.